On an evening in early December 2018, the young CEO of a cryptocurrency exchange reportedly dies while on his honeymoon in India. This death is not announced to customers for another month. And when they're told Gerald Cotton is the only person to hold the passwords to their funds, conspiracy theories grow, leaving some to wonder, could Gerald Cotton still be alive? Honeymoon, moving the body, all the missing money. It was like, but what happened? A Death in Cryptoland. Available now on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. It's been extremely difficult and it's really scary. Like frustrating isn't even the word. I would say scary. Jordan Burrell is trying to find a daycare spot for her 10-month-old son Cairo in her southern Ontario town. I spoke with her on this program a few weeks ago about that search. She put her son on all the wait lists she could when she was pregnant. Her mat leave is done in March, but there is still nothing for Cairo. We're so desperate to find a place that we're pretty much accepting any space that becomes available. So is that putting our children at risk? It is so stressful, just like all the bills, the cost of living. Um, You need two people working. So once my maternity leave runs out, it's like, what's next? What do I do? Well, the bad news is it soon could get even more difficult to find a daycare spot. Some daycare operators across this country are warning that closures could be coming. The federal government's national child care program aims to bring the average child care cost down nationwide to $10 a day by 2026. But as we told you recently, Statistics Canada numbers show that it's become harder to find both subsidized and non-subsidized spots. And funding is a big part of the issue. We'll get to that. But finding and retaining childcare workers is also a big challenge. Joy Adela is a childcare worker in Toronto. She's with me in studio. Good morning. Good morning. What do you love about your job? Uh, what I love about my job is uh, working with the children and keeping them safe. And most importantly, focusing on their development because it's a foundation of their learning. So being able to support the children's foundation of learning, it's very important to, you have a really to import- me. You have a really important job. Yes. Can I ask you, it's always weird to ask people about money, but when you first started working in this field, how much money were you making? Yeah, when I started working, I was making $10 per hour. $10 an hour. Yeah. Toronto's an expensive city. Yeah. What did you have to do to be able to afford living here on that kind of money? I couldn't afford to get my basic needs. It It was a big struggle to be able to survive. Um, sometimes I, I, I can't even afford my, my rent. I couldn't afford my rent at that time. And sometimes transportation was very tough for me. And sometimes I have to speak to my landlord and say, oh, I can't, I'll not be able to pay my rent this month. I think parents would be surprised. I mean, when we drop yeah. our kids off at childcare, we yeah. put them in your hands, right? Yeah. And there they go and we go yeah. off to work or whatever we do. Yeah. And as I said, this is a really important job. And I think a lot of parents would be surprised that, that you doing that job would yeah. struggle to make ends meet. Yeah. Why is it, and that might be part of it, but why is it that, that childcare workers are leaving their jobs? They're leaving the job because the salaries and wages and uh, working conditions are like very low compared to other jobs. That's why they're leaving the jobs. They, most people that come to childcare really wants to work with the children. They love working with children. But at the end of the day, you have to choose between working with the children and paying your bills, which is so sad because that's not what you really want to do. But 
you don't want to be in a place where you'll be in debt, you can pay your, your bills. So people have to get other jobs to be able to survive. That's why they're leaving. Did you ever think about leaving? Did you ever think, you know what, I can't make this work. Uh, I'm not making enough money and I'm going to go and do something else. Yeah, yeah. I would, I, would lie, I would be lying if I said I've not thought about leaving. But at the same time, I, I feel that if we all leave, who is going to take care of the children and who is going to fight for the field? Because we need people to stand up to stand up and fight for the field. And if nobody's fighting, how can we make things better for the children? How can we make things better for the families and for the workers? So everybody can't leave. We have we we need people to fight for uh, the sector. I don't want and I'm not gonna talk about how much money you make now, yeah. but how, how how much of an issue is this now for childcare workers? Is pay still I mean you've hinted at this, but yeah. is pay still a really big issue for them? Yeah, pay is still a really big issue for for workers and even their working conditions and benefits yeah. is a big is still a big issue. That's why people are still leaving because we st- we have a workforce uh, a crisis because we don't have enough staff. In in this province, yeah. um, the Ontario government is boosting the minimum wage of registered early childcare educators to twenty three dollars and eighty six cents an hour later on this year. That's up from a planned increase of twenty dollars an hour. How much is that going to help? Do you think? Uh, I don't think that will do anything for us. It won't do anything for, for you? For us, no. I don't think Why? it's going to do anything for us because we, right now, we. it's a good thing that they move from $20 to $23.86 because at least we say they're making a progress, kind of progress. But at the same time, it's not going to do anything for us at this time because of the cost of living. Because when we talk about money, money is being exchanged for goods and services. So it's not going to do anything for us because when we're looking at the, we, right now we're fighting for um, wage parity, which is we want to have, be making the same money as people that are the same sector, with, working with the city and other places are making, not just uh, giving us $23.86 because that would not pay our bills, that would not... Uh, take care of things that we need to take care of. We're going to talk more from the provider's perspective about $10 a day childcare. But for parents, $10 a day childcare was this great promise because you pay so much in childcare that this was going to give them a real break. As governments work on getting that $10 a day childcare program implemented, what do you think they should be considering from the perspective of those like you who are who are providing the care to those young people. Yeah, so as they work on the $10 uh, per, per day child care, we know that it's a good thing for the parents to pay lower fees because that would put more money in their pocket to be able to pay other bills. But for the child care workers, for the child care centers, we need the funding to cover wages and salaries and benefits because without that, people would continue to leave the field. And when they continue to leave the field, we have... A lot of centers will be closing. And fewer and fewer spaces. Yeah, fewer no spaces, how much and people will not be able to go to work, and it's going to affect the, the economy at large. So. Joy, I'm glad to meet you. Thanks for the work that you're doing, and thanks yeah, for coming thank in. Thank you so much. Joy Adela is a childcare worker in Toronto. The province of Alberta signed on to the federal $10 a day childcare deal in 2021. That province uses federal money to reduce fees by giving grants to childcare operators, but some of those operators are considering opting out of the program. Crystal Churcher is the chair of the Association of Alberta Childcare Entrepreneurs. She also owns a daycare in Fort McMurray and operates one in Calgary. That's where we've reached her this morning. Crystal, good morning to you. Good morning. Why are you thinking about opting out of this long promised 
$10 a day childcare program? It's just not working. It's not working in Alberta. Um, We've heard from other provinces. It's not working there as well. Um, We're not necessarily considering opting out of the whole program, but we're considering opting out of our interim agreement in Alberta. Um, We have a 15-month agreement on the table uh, that needs to be signed before the end of this month. And that's the one that really we're considering um, our choices and options for at this time. So when you say it's not working, tell me more about that. What specifically is not working? Um, it's it's not financially viable for the centers. Um, we, we just heard it's not really financially viable for the ECEs as well. But um, it, it's just completely, you know, grossly underfunded by the federal government. Um, the provinces have really been handed this program without um, any sufficient direction, I feel like, Um, just really irresponsible lack of direction from the federal government. Um, And here we are two years later in Alberta, and we're still struggling to get the systems in place to support the operators in in offering these programs. We're now in, in kind of a conflict with the government to try and figure out how we can actually fund this program in a way that's going to allow centers to keep the doors open past January 31st. Can you be a bit more specific? When you say that it's not sure, viable, sure. does that mean that that because the fees would be lower, um, but your costs are still your costs that you can't, you can't square the circle, if that makes sense? Um, well, what we're facing in Alberta right now is our funding model with our province is really just not financially viable. So how it works for us here is um, we have been asked by by this agreement to reduce our parent fees. So originally when we signed in in 2022, we had to reduce fees by 50%. So parents would pay 50% to the daycare on the first of the month. Then the operator would carry that other 50% of their revenue till the end of the month and be able to claim it back to the government, which would take 10 to 15 days. So essentially, the operators are funding this program for 40 to 45 days. And that was just at 50% of our operating costs, um, our revenue, sorry, our, our revenue coming in. Um, our new agreement on the table raises that to 85 or more percent of our revenue. So what the government here is asking operators to do is to reduce fees down to you know $15 a day is what our goal is in Alberta for January, um, and then bill them back for the difference. And that funding is asking operators to carry 85% of their revenue and wait 40 to 45 days to get it back is putting them in a position where they can't pay rent on February 1st or wages. You said you sign so, on and you go bankrupt now uh, slowly or 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 you opt out and you go bankrupt tomorrow absolutely and you know it's really unfortunate um for for operators for families and ECEs here is that these programs are all linked together so we have an affordability grant which reduces the fees for parents in Alberta we also have a subsidy program which um, supports low-income families and we have a wage top-up program which helps to bring the wage wages higher for our ECEs and our government is saying to us that it's all or nothing. So if you don't opt into this affordability grant program, then you lose access to um, the wage top-ups for your staff and the subsidy for the low-income families. So it's a really difficult decision for operators. We're in a very difficult position mm-hmm. right now trying to support families. You sent a letter to Alberta's Minister of Children and Family yeah. Services recently. What did you ask the government to do? Um, we're asking 
basically for three things. Um, and again, this is for our interim agreement in Alberta, not not the full agreement. Um, but we're asking for a different funding model. We're looking either to fund parents directly, which has always been our ask. Um, or what, to, what would that allow? Yeah. If, if the parents get get the funds directly, what would that allow them to do? And what would that allow operators like yourself to do? So if parents receive the funds directly, they would have free choice of what childcare they wanted to use their their funds in. I think that something that gets really lost in this program is there's not funding and grants for centers or operators. There is funding and grants for families to access in centers. So when you limit where families can access that, you're limiting the choices that they have for care. Mm. And, um, you know, we've seen that across the country where only one business model of centers may be allowed to access these funds or expand or, or you know, create new spaces. Um, that's really saying to parents that you can choose this type of child care center to use these funds in. If you want something else, it's not going to be accessible to you. You mentioned that there were two other things that you'd asked for, and I interrupted okay. you. I par- apologize. Sorry. Just just briefly, um, give us those yep. other two things. Um, we're asking for to be paid up front, just as parents would. So for the government of Alberta to pay their invoices on time with operators on the first of the month. Um, we're asking for fair inflationary rates. Um, all of our fees have been frozen in Alberta for two years. And we're seeing 3% increases, which does not meet the increased cost for utilities, rent, wages, inflation. It's just not enough. We're also asking for um, acknowledgement of the administrative costs on operators. So operators across the province, um, regardless of the type of center they're they're, um, running, if you're under this program, you're fully responsible for all the administration costs, which um, we figured out is about $20 to $30 a month per child. Mm. And that's coming out of the pocket of childcare operators who have had their fees frozen for two years. We asked for a response from the Alberta government. They sent us a statement. Yeah. It reads in part, um, and these are the, the government's words, we've continued to increase funding to operators that amounts to a 9% increase, 3% each year in program fees to help cover increased costs of doing business. This This is in addition to operators receiving $27.2 million in one-time grants to assist with inflationary and administrative costs and $12.4 million this year to assist operators with costs associated with financial reporting requirements. Is that anywhere near enough? (laughs) No, and I mean, those numbers sound great, but they're not real. They're not clear, and actually, they're. I feel misrepresented in that statement. Um, you know, the twelve point whatever million dollars for uh, the administration costs. We don't know when that's coming. We've already paid that that administration cost for two years. Um, when you actually divide that amount by the number of licensed spaces, it's less than seventy five dollars a space. Mm. So for my center, um, that's less than two thousand dollars. If I receive that grant, I have been paying that plus more monthly for two years. So while the numbers sound good, it's not enough. It's not sufficient. Just before I let you go, we've heard from parents across this country who, I mean, they're panicking because they can't find spaces um, and they can't afford the spaces maybe that they could even find. What do you say to parents who can't find affordable childcare or who can't find a spot at all? I I am so sympathetic. I I feel so, um, you know, this program, it was broken before it started. I think federally, um, we rolled out a program without the proper infrastructure to support it. Um, It's definitely not meeting the intention of accessibility. I mean, what is affordable childcare if you can't access it, right? Um, I think if I I was a parent looking for childcare, I would 
be reaching out to my MLAs and my government to let them know that this isn't working. Mm. Um, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, there's just not enough spaces and we cannot create them fast enough um, to meet the need. So I really... Go ahead. No, Krista, we'll leave it there. I'm glad to talk to you. Um, we're going to talk further about, about how this is playing out without mm-hmm. other operators, but your perspective is really important on this. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I wish you the best of luck. Crystal Churcher is the chair of the Association of Alberta Childcare Entrepreneurs, and she owns a daycare in Fort McMurray and operates one in Calgary. Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Cafe with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of the Vinyl Cafe with our new podcast, Backstage at the Vinyl Cafe. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart, and for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. The YMCA is one of the largest childcare providers in the province of Ontario. It operates almost a fifth of all licensed childcare spots. Jameson Stevie is Chief Strategy Officer of the YMCA of Greater Toronto. He says the province is at risk of losing an enormous number of childcare spots at the Y alone. He's with me in studio now. Good morning. Good morning, Matt. Crystal says that this program was broken before it started. Is she right? It's an interesting perspective. I think I don't think the governments of uh, the provinces or of the or the federal government fully understood. Um, the state of the system when they entered into this policy realm. So I think um, we had a grand vision. Um, the implementation of the plan is definitely facing severe challenges. You know policy well. And I so do. when this idea of $10 a day childcare was first announced, what went through your mind? That we were putting uh, great value on something that uh, had been ignored for quite a long time. Um, but that it was going to require enormous investment. Um, and working at the Y, one of the challenges that you've already raised this morning is, <clears throat> if we build it and the people come, will we have enough staff to provide it? Because um, the staff are the <clears throat> staff aren't staying; they're not coming, and some of them are leaving. No, I mean it's 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 an interesting. The governments all like to talk about expansion of the system, increasing accessibility by building gleaming boxes and new spaces. Um, at the YMCA, for so for kids six and under, we have about 17,000 spaces, uh, licensed spaces at our avail. Um, we only are able to fill 11,000 of those spaces. So we already have a 6,000 person kid gap. And you can't fill them because you don't have staff? A mix of funding and staff. Um, so that would be for kids six and under. Um, overall at the Y, we have 35,000 licenses and we offer, we are now provide care for about 19,000 kids. So when you talk about your opening quote from that parent uh, struggling to find childcare, um, that's real. Um, so before we talk about expansion, we have to fix the foundation upon which we're trying to build the childcare house that the, the provinces and the feds have talked about. What about contraction? Why is the Y warning that it might have to close <coughs> childcare spots? Not right. not even not fill the ones that it can't fill, but actually close spots. No. And this goes back to the, is the system broken upon launch? Um, so here in Ontario, uh, the funding formula that the province is currently trying to roll out would leave us at a loss, uh, operating loss. So for example, an infant in our care, we would operate that at about a ten to $13,000 loss based on the funding formula per child per year. Um, Just to be, so for yep. per infant, yes. you would be operating a loss of ten to $13,000 a year. Correct. And we offer care to about a little over 400 infants. So for us as a charity, as a not-for-profit, we would be losing $4 million a year if we filled all of our spaces. I'm not an accountant, care. but that doesn't sound sustainable. No, uh, even for a not-for-profit. Uh, we can't be a not-for-loss. 
um, my job as the chief strategy officer, it doesn't seem to be a wise strategy to have a slow wind down of an organization by providing care to the kids that you want to provide care to. So we have argued, uh, much like your previous uh, um, um, interview, full cost recovery um, for those child care providers who are providing care. But the challenge for the government to be empathetic to them is costs are rising. Um, <clears throat> our labor costs, our energy costs, uh, food, uh, rent, and the rest. So there's been some recognition of that. But going forward, part of the reason that this is a story right now is we have Janet Ecker, a uh, former minister here in Ontario who wrote an op-ed this week calling on uh, a brand of government similar to her political stripe to, to invest in childcare. We're in budget season uh, across this country, and I think governments across the country, if they want to realize the vision of $10 a day childcare. And if I can pause there, Matt, it's not just about affordability. There's accessibility yeah. and there's quality. And so if you want all three, you have to fund the system properly. So we asked for a response from the Ontario Ministry of Education. It oversees childcare in the province of Ontario that you work in. In a statement, a spokesperson wrote in part, while Ontario will continue to increase funding annually to operators starting this month, we will commence a review of the federal deal and vigorously advocate for a long-term increase in funding to better support operators and families. Essentially, they're asking the federal government to pony up more money to help operators like yourself not close spots, actually fill spots and make spots available. What do you make of that? Um, so first, uh, the history of our country is built on federal provincial uh, fiscal battles. So it's it's not a surprise on one level. Um, number two, all governments are going to have to step up to provide the proper amount of funding to get there. Um, let's talk about some of the positives. Here in Ontario, there has been a 50% reduction in the rates in the fees that parents have been paying. If so you can I, find a space. Well, this is what I'm about to say. I, th I think the province has, I think, uh, touted a number of $6,000 a year of savings. But that's inequitably distributed. Um, the people who had the ability to pay the fees at the first end now have received those savings. Families like those in your earlier uh, interview, they haven't been able, to, they haven't seen those savings, they haven't increased the access. Um, so while I hope there's a review that is speedy, um, this does not solve the problem for parents who are thinking about coming off a mat leave, who are registering their kids for care in September, and it doesn't expand our spaces now. So we need that investment uh, much faster than any typical review between the federal and provincial government would take. How did we get this so wrong? I mean, I say this as a parent who, my, I'm glad my kids are older because the <laughs> memories of what we paid in childcare uh, would you know, be flashbacks that I don't want to experience again. Right. It's really expensive. And parents have been looking forward to this in part because they're looking for, as you said, accessible, uh, quality uh, and affordable childcare spots. Mm -hmm. This has been a dream in some ways for a long time. And there are a lot of benefits that we've talked about in terms of what this could do for, for a range of parents. How did we get this so wrong? I think that um, we got a little bit too focused as a country on the $10 piece. That, that, that the notion of $10 a day childcare and the talking point of that was so powerful and, and it resonated with a lot of parents. I think the reality, the policy reality versus the political talking point, those two things are now coming into conflict. And I think governments are going to have to realize you are going to be facing um, parents uh, and, and providers who, when you make that promise of $10 a day and you the shiny beacon on the hill, um, um, you need to deliver that. And I think um, the costs are going to be required. I think there probably was an underestimation of how much this was going to cost, um, an underestimation of the labor that was going to be required. And is that on the federal or the provincial government? Um, I, I think it's on all. Um, I think uh, there was probably the, uh, a lack of recognition of the supply and demand uh, that was coming. So earlier you had mentioned the YMCA, our starting salary is $24. So even raising the rate from $19 an hour to $23 an hour, doesn't, it doesn't impact us at the Y. There's no, there's no provincial funding there. 
Um, but the supply of, of ECEs, uh, sorry, of early childhood educators and early childhood educator assistants isn't enough to meet the demand uh, of what we require. So even for us at the Y, for us to get back to our license capacity, just the YMCA GTA, we would require about 1,200 ECE workers. Mm. So just those graduating from school, there, there needs to be there, a systemic response to, to this is, is what is required. And I think the government's underestimated that aspect. We're just about out of time, but... If, if this is not corrected in um, a way that addresses the issues that we've been talking about for weeks now, how confident are you in the future of $10 a day childcare? Could, could this entire initiative, the program, be in jeopardy? Yes. I, I, I worry that what it will force providers and or parents to do is to scope that $10 a day childcare to particular age groups or to particular regions or to particular centers. And so that threatens the vision. Um, I'm optimistic, Matt, but confidence is a word I, I hesitate to use right now, that I think it will force people to make choices about where this $10 a day is going to be available or if at all. Glad to have you here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Jameson Stevie is Chief Strategy Officer at the YMC of Greater Toronto. Would love to hear from you on this. Again, we have heard from parents, from providers, from people who are scrambling to uh, get child care, from those who are providing that care. Would love to hear from you. In terms of the struggles that you've had, this is a great promise that was made and how difficult has it been to realize and to achieve. You can email us the current at cbc.ca. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.